All right, let's go ahead. Let's bring on Matthew Schultz here, the executive chairman of CleanSpark. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. It's a, it's a great time to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on, ready to dive on into the action. I know that you've uh, recently announced the Malson Infrastructure Group, uh, this acquisition in Sandersville, Georgia, and this brings you guys some more kind of mining equipment. Tell us about the acquisition, what it means for the company, and why this deal made sense. Um, it's a terrific question, and it's a crazy time in our space. So back in November, uh, December, January of last year, we were seeing massive orders of equipment being placed from manufacturers in China. Um, and in Bitcoin mining, they, they price that equipment like dollars per terahash. And, and back then, some of the equipment was selling in the $85 to $100 per terahash price range rather than betting on future orders. And, and what that means to a large degree is a lot, of, a lot of our peer group had to put deposits, 30, 50, even greater percentages of down payments on equipment that when they ordered in November is just beginning to arrive on shore now. So rather than make that type of commitment, we did a, a pretty in-depth analysis of where we saw the market and what that meant for a potential oversupply of rigs. So we started to invest in infrastructure instead. So we actually took an infrastructure first approach. And, and so we started to utilize a little bit more of a strategy over ideology kind of approach to the way we run our business. We were one of the first ones to start actually using Bitcoin uh, to sell, to actually grow our company. And we started when Bitcoin was in the $60,000 range. So Fast forward to the last three weeks, we bought a facility from uh, a, a great group of guys in Washington, Georgia. Um, it was called Waha Technology. Um, when we picked it up, we bought about 3,800 miners there. Uh, since that time, we've added, we, I think we sent 16 53-foot semis full of uh, S19 J Pro, which is the latest, greatest, newest stuff. Um, those are all up in hashing. Uh, we then bought 10,000 more S19J Pros directly from Bitmain. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of those comments that these, these rigs were priced in that $85 to $100 per terahash price range. We picked up this most recent order at $28 a terahash. And then to the question that you specifically ask about, Mawson, terrific group. Um, uh, James and Liam have built a phenomenal uh, business down there in Sandersville, Georgia. It happens to fit in our profile because it's largely powered by um, nuclear power. So it fits our ESG initiative. The price was right. Um, we, we continue to be opportunistic in the space. And aside from buying the facility, we also picked up a, a, a block of their latest generation miners. And we, we were able to get into that contract at about $17 per terahash. So we see this as at or near the bottom. So we're very opportunistic. We're looking for places that we can grow rapidly that provide meaningful accretive value to our shareholders instantly upon execution. Now, of course, everyone wants to know if the plan is to continue here in buying some more, acquiring some more facilities. Anything, is that the plan looking forward? So what we've talked about the fact that we intend to be opportunistic. Um, one of the one of the challenges we have is, you know, obviously a publicly traded company is there's a limit on what we can and can't talk about. But I can tell you that we are definitely hunting. Um, we're we're always 
I, I think that there, it would be safe to say that there are probably always three to five opportunities uh, before our management team at any given time. Um, they have to fit a number of criteria, right? So it has to be predominantly sustainable or non-carbon emitting power. It has to have favorable energy rates. Um, it has to have access to a really qualified workforce and the, 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 the right teams of people. Um, and, it, and it has to fit in our in our overall model. So the, the, the most recent acquisitions, Chris and his partner Houston down at Waha built a terrific little organization. Um, with the economy being what it is, Bitcoin price under pressure, energy prices, especially in those those markets that are exposed to um, natural gas, the prices are running away. So it's really squeezing those margins. So, you know, being an energy company uh, in our DNA, we've taken these opportunities over where we can utilize some of what sets us apart with regard to efficiency and, and the way that we can scale our operations and, and uh, take advantage of of these times. So I, I would say that, you know, you could you could definitely assume that we're we're always in the market. Um, for the right opportunity that makes sense to our shareholders. All right. Now, you recently just released the August 2022 Bitcoin mining update. Can you tell us a little bit about these numbers and how they compare year over year? And any thoughts that we can look at moving forward in the operation? Should we kind of expect to get to a certain number by the end of the year? Yep, absolutely. Um, so December of last year, we put out our update and we said we were 1.3 exahash. Um, our most recent update, I think we said 3.8 or 3.9 exahash. So in less than a year, we've tripled our hash rate. Um, that does not include the acquisition of Mawson. It does not include the 10,000 S19J pros we just closed on. Those are, those are delivery September, October, excuse me, October, November from Bitmain. It also does not include an additional 12 megawatts that are just being energized at our full-scale state-of-the-art immersion cooling facility in Norcross, Georgia. So we've given the market guidance that we expect to exceed 5 exahash by the end of the year. And we also talk about the fact that we have line of sight and we gave market direct guidance that we expect to exceed 22.4 exahash next year. So um, simple answer is yes, we're very aggressively growing. Um, the Sandersville project that we acquired has 80 megawatts live. They're, uh, they're, they're breaking ground on an additional 150 megawatt substation on site. Um, that really dramatically changes that infrastructure. Same thing in Washington, Georgia. Um, 36 megawatts on site. There's a 50 megawatt substation um, a, adjacent to our property that's currently under construction. The beauty of all this is all these projects that we've acquired have been right in our sweet spot, which is Georgia. So it takes advantage of the, the Vogel nuclear power plants that are coming online, as well as the ones that already are online. Georgia is an extremely friendly business state with regard to digital currency mining, crypto in general. Um, and, and it's got an amazingly talented workforce. So so we, we believe that we can very rapidly scale to meet the numbers that we forecast. Um, we have about 40,000 machines operating currently, uh, about 140 megawatts of power, uh, predominantly non-carbon emitting power. So um, I think, you know, if, if you read a lot of the industry reports, you'll see that our, our growth rate is really has surpassed the industry. Um, I was at a conference all week in New York City and there was another conference going on. And I just posted a tweet that, you know, there's a panel from Bitcoin miners at the conference we chose not to attend. 
and CleanSpark and our acquisition of growth strategy was the topic of that panel. So we're definitely starting to make some noise. I think we're doing the, the right thing, uh, making the correct moves in the space. All right. Now it's on a lot of kind of cryptocurrency investors mind is uh, and I would love to hear your thoughts is what do you think about the ETH merger? You know, we're we're strictly a Bitcoin shop. Um, we come, like I said before, you know, we, we came out of the, the energy space. We were building decentralized energy systems in support of uh, military, commercial and industrial providers. So decentralization is really key to us. We believe that the proof of work approach is what provides that decentralization and securitization of the Bitcoin network. I mean, the, the underlying protocols were actually put in, in place a number of years ago to kind of disincentivize people from spam email campaigns and civil attacks because it created an energy cost, effectively a postage that would require somebody to do these mass mailers or spam attacks that, you know, otherwise had had no cost. So roll that forward into the Bitcoin blockchain. Bitcoin is secure because of the fact that for access to the network, that it requires an, an investment in energy. So we see that investment as in energy as a way to incentivize and, and stimulate more renewable energy projects because there's a there's a company like CleanSpark, for example, that has a half a billion dollars on our balance sheet. We have less than $20 million in debt. Um, we All of our properties are, are unleveraged. So we can make, um, we can enter into purchase agreements for clean power um, to build new facilities that support the surrounding communities. And, and that makes those energy projects financeable and bankable um, for those developers. Now, comparing that to proof of stake, the challenge is that there are tokens on the Ethereum network that, that are exclusively proof of stake. And the, and the challenge is that if you have the, the ability, you could theoretically strong arm that industry or buy a controlling interest. And, and so it would enable, instead of a peer-to-peer -peer network like Bitcoin, it becomes a hedge fund to hedge fund type network. And it enables people to potentially manipulate that network and system, whereas Bitcoin is and proof of stake is always going to be completely decentralized. So we're excited to see what, what comes of it. Um, you know, there are tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of GPU miners currently operating on the network. So there's going to be a lot of extra chips for people that are interested in gaming. But, um, you know, we're interested to see how it rolls out. You know, obviously what's good for any crypto is good for, for Bitcoin. So how do you feel about Bitcoin? And um, are we in what's said to be a crypto winter? Yeah, I definitely think we are. Yeah, um, you know, with the with the market conditions, with the you know the 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 numbers that came out yesterday with regard to inflation, you know, CPI is skyrocketing. Um, we we keep talking about the fact that we're approaching the end of the recession, and I think that's created some fear in the market. And what what you know from from your experience and, and many investors do is that fear creates opportunity. So, you know, what we talked about in our last quarter is here we are in the middle of a crypto winter. So the price of Bitcoin is dramatically down. We started selling Bitcoin as part of our capital management strategy back in November of last year in the $60,000 range. We were, we were widely panned for that approach. And now many of our peers have been forced to sell here in the you know, high teen range. So we see that this is definitely at or near the bottom, you know, according to all of the research that we've done. Um, so we're definitely in a crypto winter. But, but here's where the kind of differentiation comes in. Companies that are positioned well 
um, can continue to thrive in these markets as evidenced by our, our, our acquisition and growth strategy. Last quarter, we did $31 million in top line revenue. We posted over $15 million in EBITDA. So, you know, aside from the, you know, we, we took some impairments, um, discontinued operations, moved our energy business kind of out of our continuing operations. So we took some, some non-cash impairments or non-cash write downs during that last quarter. But, you know, from a, from a gross perspective, 31 million in revenue and 15 million in profit in the depths of a crypto winter, just it, it, it still demonstrates that there are a ton of opportunities for companies that are positioned properly and execute well. So um, it, it hasn't been great for a lot of companies. It hasn't been great for a lot of investors. Certainly our share price has has suffered drastically. But in light of all that, if you know there are a number of, of different metrics, when you look at the Bitcoin mining sector as a whole, we're by far the best performing of our entire peer group. So, you know, I, I, it's not necessarily a badge of honor to be the least bad, but, you know, we've continued to execute in these in this tough market. And we see that this is presenting a ton of opportunity. So when the when the bottom is in and crypto begins to rebound, it's going to be just like it has been in the last several cycles that 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 rebound is is very swift and, you know, could be uh, could be very beneficial for companies that are taking advantage during these times. Yeah. Now, one thing I always look at is relative strength. And sometimes this can be like you mentioned, which one isn't going as bad as the others. Um, now, what is in the pipeline moving forward? I know you've mentioned a couple of these things, but just want to give you the floor just in case we miss one. No, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to share a strategy. So we've continued to grow. And what's what's important to know is, you know, the, the, the team in, in Washington um, at Waha really capable group, competent people. They've got a management team. We acquired that facility, acquired those resources. There's no longer a management team. So it expands what our executive team is responsible to do. Same thing um, with the group in, in Sandersville at Mawson. Um, what we did do, and I don't know how many people actually paid very close attention. Um, Mawson is a terrific operator. And aside from the, 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 230 total capacity that we acquired from them in Sandersville, Georgia. They have two more facilities, 200 megawatts total in Pennsylvania, largely nuclear power. Included in both of their their public disclosures as well as ours was kind of buried in the bottom, a right of first refusal for CleanSpark to acquire that as well. So there's an additional 200 megawatts of nuclear power that we have a, a right of first refusal to continue to execute, um, to potentially acquire that and continue our growth strategy. And as I mentioned before, we're actively hunting. So there, there are opportunities um, daily. The, the price of Bitcoin mining equipment is certainly under pressure. Um, being at these conferences in New York, we, we continue to hear from manufacturers, importers and providers of equipment and infrastructure about the, the glut, um, the oversupply. A number of our peers went all in on miners and didn't focus on infrastructure. And now there are literally tens of thousands of Bitcoin miners sitting on pallets with nowhere to plug them in. So the infrastructure first approach has been something that we've really seized on. We continue to follow that path. So when, you know, a thousand or 2000 or 5,000 machines come available at 18 or $20 a terahash, we're going to take advantage of that because it's instantly creative value for our shareholders. And, you know, as I mentioned before, we'll be five X a hash by the end of the year and 22.4 by the end of, end of next year, which, which puts us, you know, very solidly in the top two or three, producers in the space. And I guess the difference is 
we own our facilities, we own our infrastructure. We're not subject to the uh, to the great exposure to to co-location hosting expense. Um, we have a lot of control over that. I, I was asked in a in an interview in New York in, when I was in New York. What about other companies that have left certain markets because of exposure to energy costs? And what I can say is those companies, a couple of differentiators, those companies are largely hosting facilities. Um, you know, Compass talked about leaving Georgia because the, the economics. Well, the challenge is that Compass doesn't own the mining facility. Compass pays someone else. And so when you have two or three people taking a bite of the apple, it really squeezes those margins. And then when you add into the fact that there's mandated um, uptime guarantees. They have to run 98% of the time or there's financial penalties. See, we're different because we own our own facilities. We have, we've replaced the firmware on all of our mining machines that allow us to overclock, make them run faster and be produce more Bitcoin. But in certain economic conditions, we can also underclock those to decrease the energy consumption and make it financially viable to continue to operate even through those tough times. Additionally, we can automatically curtail. So we get, because of our size, you know, I mentioned our, we're, we're a large player in Georgia. Um, the co-op the co-op is called MEAG that buys the majority of the nuclear power in the state. We're the largest customer of MEAG in the entire state. So they want us to run. They want us to use that load. But because of our scale, we have access to pricing day ahead and in like 15 minute intervals. So we can make a decision that we may curtail for one hour and 45 minutes, meaning that we utilize our operational software to idle those machines. And during those periods of time, we can do like in our in our immersion cool, there's there's fluid that runs through those machines and, and there occasionally there gets contaminants. And just like an oil filter in your car um, or we like to call it dialysis during those periods of time when we're curtailing power, we use that as our as an opportunity to perform dialysis, to pump the fluid out of the tank, run it through the filter system, put it back in, replace hash boards or whatever may be necessary to increase the efficiency. And when energy prices drop back down, bam, we're right back in the market. So we we think that, you know, that whole strategy over ideology is, is the continued best choice for our shareholders and for the company's continued growth. Now, I'd like to say it here. Uh, it looks like Matthew looks like Clean Spark is also playing towards your quote. Play like a champion today, right? <laughs> Uh, did you go to Notre Dame or is that just kind of a quote that you like? No. So, you know, growing up in uh, in Wyoming and Utah, being a being a Catholic kid, I you know, had to be a, a fan of the Catholic school. So I've been a Notre Dame fan since I was probably six or seven years old. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to speak, to lecture in a couple of classes at the Mendoza School of Business there. Um, been back for many football games. Um, just love the entire program and and love what what the foundation of that program is all about. So thanks for noticing that. Of course. Thank you for joining me today. The chairman here of uh, Clean Spark, Matthew Schultz, will definitely have you back on. And thank you for coming on. I appreciate being here. Thank you for having us. Look forward to the next time. Have a good one, Matthew.